Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. For a radio audience tuning in here at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in through online affiliates around the world, we're glad you all could join us as well. I'm really excited about our next guest because he's given us a compilation that I think will not only make us appreciate his own gifts and talents, but also make us think about our own lives as well. We're excited to welcome Joseph DePrisco to our broadcast today. His newest book is called My Last resume, new and collected poems from 1971 to 1980 and 1999 to 2023. I want to talk to Joseph not only about his own writing journey, but also what it's been like for him to pay it forward. He also has a nonprofit called The New Literary Project. We'll talk to him about that and let you guys know how you can get your own copy of the book. Joseph, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate you stopping by. I really appreciate the invitation, Cyrus. It's going to be fun to talk. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, when your book was first pitched to me, I was excited about it. I was intrigued. And then when I dove into it, it gave me so much more than I was even thinking about. So I want to talk about that because writing is something that people have gotten to know you for in a variety of ways. What has it been like for you to see the response to my last resume? It's been fascinating. Uh, we've uh, had a good uh, early response. book's just been out for a week or so. But it's... Uh, for me, it's been a revelation to uh, and a challenge to have put together the entire uh, retrospective, you might say, of, of an entire life of writing poetry. I mean, I began writing poetry when I was a teenager and started publishing when I was in college and, and wrote until 1980 or so. And then uh, things happened, life happened, things go off the rail a little bit, I stopped writing poems um, until 1999 again, and so to see it's it's actually sort of uh, um, bracing to to look at you know the 340 pages in the book to think, huh, who was that guy who wrote poems in 1981? Who was that guy? Would he recognize me today? And and then I think you know yeah that's. Uh, I mean, it goes to really what is what are poems for? You know, I hear a lot of taught a long time, and and then you get I'm sure you've heard this kind of thing, Cyrus. Oh, I don't like poetry, or you know, it's not not for me. You know, I'd rather read uh, a thriller or something. I, I get that. Uh, here's, in, here's a couple of interesting points to me. Almost any writer, uh, this is a bold statement I'm going to make, but there are probably very few writers that you read today who didn't begin as poets. I was there, and maybe Cyrus, you were writing poems when you were a teenager or, or a young man, um, and and for some reason they stopped uh, writing poems. And I don't know the answer. To, I don't know. I can't explain how that happens, but I know it's true, because there's something that happens in a poem that is uh, that's unavailable in a novel. I've published six novels. I, I I know what it takes to write a novel. I know that there's so much machinery and complexity and that goes into making a novel. And when it comes to a poem, it's in a different different part of your brain. And it's a different right. part of the reader's brain, too. So when I hear people say, I don't like poetry, first thing I say is, well, you're reading 
You're not the right poem. That poem failed. That's why you didn't like that poem. It's like saying, I don't like food. I don't like, you know, well, I don't like Chinese food. Okay, I don't like French food. I don't like it. Whatever it is, you find the poems that speak to you. And I, and I know you think about all the important occasions in our lives, you know, the, the ceremonial occasions. You know, how many, how many come equipped with a poem that people are moved by? And I right. think it's because poems have a key. They, they trigger something inside people if you let it happen. And uh, so I find, I found over the years that it just takes opening up uh, the possibility for people to read poetry is just saying, here, look at this, listen to this. Um, yeah, and I have to say, Joseph, I did not, one of the things I did not expect, and I want to say this for our audience as well, even though, of course, I'm talking to you, I went into this thinking about this book was about you, but it was about halfway through that I realized this book is about all of us. And the reason why I say that is because my regular audience here in Mississippi knows, Joseph, you probably don't know this, but I'm a suicide attempt survivor. Mm-hmm. And when I read the poem, Poem in Which He Often is Drowning, I could see myself in that poem, of thinking about the world being better off without me, and maybe that was the trick of – I literally have said that. And when I was reading that poem, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is someone else who was feeling exactly the same way that I was feeling. I want to talk about that. Could you have imagined – when you started pinning these these works that we now have in this book, that it would have a connection outside of yourself. Well, you certainly hope so. And and what you just said about being a suicide attempt survivor is something that resonates for me personally, uh, among people who who didn't succeed, who did succeed in doing it. So I know, I feel that pain uh, on a daily basis. Uh, I understand that. So, okay, big picture. It's a mystery that we were ever alive. I think poems go to that. It's a mystery that you are a body. It's a mystery that you, that you dream. It's a mystery. And it's, all, it's a mystery that you fall in love. Yeah. And those points of access, I think if a poet is really doing the work and, and, and digging down into the, the dream world, the reverie that happens in a poem, then, then it's for everybody. Uh, you hope. And that yeah. poem you just reference, it's a totally true poem. That happened uh, in, in a lake in, uh, when I was a little kid in, uh, in New Jersey. And there I was, drifting away. And I thought, okay, well, I guess this is it. And my godfather jumps in the lake and saves my life. But I thought I was, I thought I was a goner. I was praying. Yeah. And I'll never forget that moment. I can still feel it right now. Yeah. Now, I say all that, and, and, and I want people to understand that given that, given the seriousness and the high stakes of, of, of writing poetry and reading poetry, and I think everybody gets out there of stakes there that are high, is that it, it gives you the permission, it give, in fact, encourages you to enjoy life, to be funny, to be absurd, to be raucous. And I think a lot of my poems get into that. I mean, I just, we don't, I mean, the most serious thing we can do in life is not to take ourselves so seriously. Right. And a poem is this, I mean, look, we all dreaming, you know, this dream, everybody understands a dream life. Uh, everybody has a dream life. Um, 
and the, and poems are right in the in there. That gives you a point of access to what's happening with language and poetry. Meditation is a way that does that. That's consistent with it, and it gives you the freedom and the um, excitement of I'm gonna I'm going with this. Do do dreams make sense? Well, no. Yes, sort of, maybe. And the poems do poems do something similar. They sort of they open you up to possibilities. It's not about fact. It's not about what really happened in your life in a dream. It's about what you take away from that experience in the dream. And I think poems approach that. I think when you when you see that, when you feel that, and you understand that language is doing something. The the beauty of the of the words the the challenges of 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 the the voice that's that makes that makes it accessible to everybody i mean so i mean i'd love for yeah. people to be engaged by this so when you're engaged by that poem that moves me very much i want you right. to want you to be i want you to laugh i want you to cry i want you to feel whatever emotion the poem is going to evoke it's not it's not about understanding you don't understand a dream you don't understand a poem the same way so there there's the that's the that's the whole. That's the reason there are poets, and I think that's the reason there are, there are readers for poets who don't know that they are yet. They just need to find the right poet for them. Well, I think that's it, and I think that's why this book and the work you're able to do. That's a great dovetail, actually, to your nonprofit, the New Literary Project, as well, because I think it, again it goes to not only showcasing what you have done, Joseph, but also empowering others. Was that a natural progression for you that you, because you have built a platform, uh, you have been able to gain the respect that you have, that you would then provide an opportunity for others to be able to do the same thing? Well, yes. I mean, I, I, one thing I, I put a big frame around it, I, I know very few writers who aren't engaged in the world, teaching, giving uh, readings, uh, sitting on boards, Engaging with young people, engaging with the elderly, engaging across all communities. A lot of writers, as I say, I know very few writers who aren't socially conscious of that, of their responsibilities. So with that in mind, in 2015, I founded, in partnership with the University of California at Berkeley, what has become New Literary Project. And, and our vision is, is, is comprehensive, is to drive social change, unleash artistic power. And that means teaching across generations. I mean, if, if I tick off the things we do over the, I mean, we offer the Joyce Carol Oates Prize for mid-career author in fiction. It's a $50,000 national prize. We offer Jack Hazard fellowships for high school teachers who are creative writers. We're receiving applications. I just got an application today for the $5,000 summer award from. Somebody from Mississippi, of all places. Maybe somebody's listening right now, that teacher. We uh, publish writers from the – we do workshops at places like Juvenile Hall, Girls, Inc., Alameda County. We teach hundreds of kids, teenagers, communities that are neglected, overlooked, and undervalued. We're all about that. And then we – one of the nicest things we do that we put a bow around it is we publish yearly – an anthology, which I edit, called Simpsonistas, Tales from New Literary Project. We just published our fifth volume. And in this volume, you have you know, nationally known writers published alongside kids who are in 
in the juvenile hall. And it is a and these kids in juvenile hall just they just they just love the fact that they're in this book. Anyway, so that's what we do and we're growing and uh this is something that uh you know, I'm very happy with and proud of and our community keeps growing. Well, I think that is, one of, again, one of the great things. I mentioned to you before we went live here, uh, Joseph, I know it, I don't like to sound morbid because there are a lot of fun things about this book, but the idea of mortality is all throughout it, the idea of faith and questions of faith all throughout it. But also I could not help but think about the idea of legacy. I have, even at the age of 48, because of, as I mentioned, being a suicide attempt survivor, that was 28 years ago. I think about what my life would have been like or not been like, what would not have happened, right? What has that been like for you to think about your own mortality and your own impact on the world that you live in? Well, it's uh, I'm going to come at it in a couple of different ways. That's a great question. It's an important question. It's one I think about all the time. I was thinking about with John Cage. He was asked one time, uh, hey, is there too much suffering in the world? And he says, no, just the right amount. So, okay. <laughs> And I, I, there's a, someone's doing a feature on me in a, for a magazine in, in Brooklyn, and he called me up, the, the writer, and said, uh, my last resume, are you sick? And I'm like, huh, no. Uh, my last resume is about this, okay, something about a resume, a CV. I don't know if you've had this experience, Cyrus. When I put together a resume of my stuff that I've done, it's like, does that me? Is that me? Yeah. It, it kind of is, but it kind of isn't. So, I mean, it's a play on words, the uh, the title of this book. Uh, this is not a farewell by any means. This, this book is about, it, it's a non-resume resume. This is, <laughs> every poem is like a story. Every poem is, and is dealing with the exact questions you were just asking. You know what? What are the stakes? What are what? Are, what have we left this world with uh, when we're done? Well, you know, you hope that you've written a few good poems. You've been a good dad. You've been a good son. You've been a good teacher. You've been a good poet. That people maybe you wrote a good poem or two along the way. Uh, and and the new literary project too. I mean, I hope that's going to go on long after I'm gone. And. Uh, so I think I'm answering your question, am I? You are. You are. And and I'm sure just like someone else would ask that question, I think when, when someone would hear the title of the book, uh, I think it, it is, it, I can understand why some people would wonder. Um, but I also like the idea of, the idea of, of, of what defines us, right? Because when you were talking about that, about the resume, I thought, you know, that is, so many people are defined by, the accomplishments. So many people yeah. are defined by the titles. But I love the fact when you just said there, and an interesting thing for our audience to think about is, is it us or you know, is there more to us in that? And I think all of us would have to say we would hope so, right? I mean, for some, it's being the best parent they can be, the best spouse they can be, you know, the best individual in the world they can be. And I love the fact that you're able to play with all of that in this book. But that does bring up this question then. Joseph, what was your hope? I mean, you could have just compiled this for yourself. When, when individuals like myself read my last resume, what do you hope it does or leaves them with? I want everybody to write a poem. And I know that sounds corny, but I mean it. I want people to 
read the poems and say, I'm, I'm feeling something that I, I didn't feel before. I'm seeing something, hearing something that I hadn't felt or, 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 or heard before. And I want people to say, I'm going to take a risk of writing a poem. Because I, 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 I mean, I, everybody's got poems in them. Yeah. Just the way you know, I've written a couple of memoirs. Everybody has a memoir inside them, too. And you know, I've taught memoir workshops and poetry workshops. And all you've got to do is open it up for people to, to take a chance to do it. Yes, it's a risk. And maybe you don't need to show it to anybody. Mm. But So what, did I, what do I want people to take from this? I want them to think. I want them to laugh. I want them to feel um, that they're here, they're seeing things they haven't seen before. And it's not just my individual journey. It's also, I hope, the journey of a reader in the course of the book. Uh, I mean, from uh, the poems that I wrote as a very young man to poems that I wrote three months ago, four months ago. That's a long yeah. life. And, and I want everybody to have a long life, and I want it to be full of poems. And I want people to uh, take, be close to people who, who need them. I mean, when you when you talk about the the, the suicide attempt survivor, we're we're all surrounded by people who are in need. We are. Right. I mean, I've seen that in classes. I've seen it in the world at large. People are in need, and we need to we need to be attentive to them. And I think poems are a really good way to access some deep emotions if we let them. Oh, well, here's the other thing. It's like with a poem, you need to sit with it. I mean, I have a poem in the book. Why no no good book of poems is ever a page-turner. It's not a page-turning experience. You know, you can watch, you know, stream your favorite show. That's, okay, you can do that. With a poem, you can't stream it. You need to be there. You need to sit with it. You need to let it happen. And if you do that, I think in some really complicated and maybe very simple way, ultimately, is that this is how we get access to the, to the mystery of other people in our lives. People we love and the people we don't know, the people we might love, and the people we will we'll begin to understand them in ways that maybe they don't even understand themselves. So it's an invitation. It's a leg. I mean, and that's what I think of in the largest sense about new literary project. It's an invitation to change the world. It's a great look not only at your skills but also your ways of connecting us, Joseph, which is why we're so glad to have you on with us today. Again, everyone, Joseph DePrisco has been our guest. My last resume is the book, New and Collected Poems from 1971 to 1980, 1999 to 2023. The book's available through our friends at Amazon.com. Of course, if you don't um, want to get it from Amazon, you can always go to your favorite local bookstore. If they don't have it, they'll be more than happy to order order it uh, for you. I, I talked to Joseph before we went live here. You guys can also visit his website at deprisco.com for his uh, stay with, connected with him personally. But you also have a website, uh, Joseph, you mentioned uh, for uh, the, the project as well. Tell our audience how they can find out more information about the New Literary Project. That's at newliteraryproject.org. It's, uh, it's, it's full of videos and uh, wonderful photos and great stories and and you'll see our kids in action. You'll see our, our prize winners. It's a, it's a full experience, Cyrus, the whole thing. So I hope right. people go there. We'll make sure that we link that up for our online audience. Joseph, what a pleasure speaking with you. I really do appreciate the time. Thank you so much for stopping by and looking forward to having you on the broadcast again. That would be great. It was a great joy, Cyrus. Thanks a lot.
Hey, thank you. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. And we have to shout out our good friend, Kim, for setting up this chat with us from Kim from L.A. We really appreciate that, Kim. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care.